Hello, friends, and welcome to Men Do Disney, episode number 31, listener-supported number three. My name is Pete, and joining me tonight is Tom. How you doing? Delightful in yourself. Feeling good. Feeling good this week. Good. We're two guys who want to help you make the most of your Disney World vacation, as well as to bring some of that Disney magic into your life every day. So put on your favorite pair of Mickey ears, lower your safety harness, remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop, and men, let's do Disney. So New Year, New Tom, huh? Eh, I don't know about that. I mean, I've been working out a little bit more, watching my uh, eating habits. Making good life decisions? Trying to. Trying to. Uh, try, trying to get down to Disney again, honestly. Yep, now I hear you. So before we get started with tonight's episode, which we're going to be answering some listener questions that have been sent in to us, I want to give kind of a shout-out and kind of a shout-out. A out verbal to lashing? Yeah, a ver- there you go. A verbal lashing to a friend of ours who deja vu to last week just got back from a Disney trip. Let's just say he should have listened to our rookie mistake podcast before he went down there because some rookie mistakes were made. You know, the best part about it is he refused, and this is an original Mindu WDW, Mindu Disney um, participant. No, it's not Matt. He was not a podcast participant, but um, he refused to listen to our rookie mistakes podcast because he wanted to see what rookie mistakes he would make. Well, I, I would say pretty much all I think of it's them, safe right? to I say mean, he hit the cycle. I mean, <laughs> he actually might not be allowed at Disney anymore. So, yeah. Poor, uh, poor, questionable decisions were made. Poor showing. Yeah. And he knows who he is. He'll know this week when he listens. So, again, we're going to answer some listener questions tonight. Before we get started with that, we will go to the news. Tom, what do we got this week? Ton of news this week. And I'm going to try and save what I find to be maybe the biggest news for the end. Uh, so we're going to start in Magic Kingdom this week. Uh, final edition of Disney After Hours is sold out. You've heard us talk about um, you know these uh, extra events and special events that, that uh, oftentimes Magic Kingdom is the host of. This is another one. Disney After Hours is essentially uh, you know an, an event where they sell a limited number of tickets and you're in the park after hours. So it looks like that that was uh, about 120 bucks per person. It's a huge success. This is one that neither of us have done but said would be something we would love to do. Uh, the final event will take place on March 8th. That'll be the last one uh, for, the, for the future, it looks like. I know they'll bring this back. It has been really successful this year. Just not sure when. But uh, did want to, if you're still looking at tickets and you hear this podcast on Tuesday the 6th, you'll know. No longer available. I hope they continue um, this. I like it. Yeah, this, this is something if I lived there or I was down there at this time, I probably wouldn't buy a park ticket for the day, and I would just go to Magic Kingdom for the after hours. Moving over to Animal Kingdom, uh, 20th anniversary tour will be offered at Disney's Animal Kingdom. Uh, it'll be a limited time tour. It'll be called A Path Less Traveled. It'll be about 59 60 bucks per adult. It'll start each day at 10.30 a.m. and will include the following. You'll get a snack. You'll go to Rafiki's Planet Watch, so you'll basically there, you'll go backstage, you can learn about the animal care program at the state-of-the-art veterinarian hospital, uh, and you can get a behind-the-scenes peek at the nutrition center as well. The uh, second place you'll stop by is the Bird Nest Exploration, and you will get to play conservationist there and check on the homes of the Purple Martins, a species that migrates here every year. Funny thing about those birds, they migrate somewhere else. That's right, they do. They migrate somewhere else every year. Bird Island in Lexington, South Carolina. Uh, they come in droves, so 
cool little spinoff there. Uh, third place you'll get to go, you'll get an unforget- unforgettable elephant encounter. You'll delve into the wondrous world of our parks, our parks being animal kingdoms, largest inhabitants during this one-hour caring for giants tour, and then you'll have a VIP viewing of Rivers of Light. That that doesn't necessarily do it for me. So how do you feel about this? It's it's a lot. It's kind of eh, though. Uh, it's. I mean, it's sixty bucks, so it's not crazy overly like, overly priced, but it's not it's not something that's up my alley or something I would do. I don't recommend this. If that's what you're asking. I mean, you get to see an elephant, I guess, up close. Yep. So. Uh, well, I'll tell you, how about this? Here's some more news that came out. And I know we don't typically always hit on this, but uh, some rare characters will be coming out for a party of the planet beginning Memorial Day at Disney's Animal Kingdom. Uh, I think we mentioned a few weeks back that Disney announced the Dinotastic celebration with Donald Duck and his friends will be coming to Animal Kingdom beginning Memorial Day in Dinoland, USA area. Well, it looks like they're going to celebrate some other bird ancestors of Donald Duck. So they're going to have a DJ playing every night. They will have uh, some rare characters, a couple of notes, Scrooge McDuck, and Launchpad McQuack. If you remember DuckTales, you probably would have seen these two characters. I've never seen them in the parks, but if that is something you enjoy doing, maybe scoot on over to Animal Kingdom on Memorial Day. There you go. Moving right along. Again, I'm saving the the best news for last, or the most interesting news. So, going to hit Disney Springs now. They're doing this. Ex- ex- have you heard about the extended hour entertainment they're testing this month? I have not. No. So, Thursdays to Saturdays in March, they'll be doing uh, extended hours until 2 a.m. So, there's going to be a live DJ on the stage next to the boathouse. There, the Edison, Enzo's, uh, Morimoto, Raglan Rogue. They're going to have all their own entertainment starting at 10 p.m. Uh, there'll be late night menus at, at some of these different restaurants, and if it isn't if it isn't a success, I would imagine these hours would become permanent. So they're just basically trying to get people to stay at Disney Springs late night. You're absolutely right. I mean, it. I mean, they even have like deluxe staying open, the coffee place. Uh, what is it, Joffrey's Coffee? Mm-hmm. So uh, a lot of places. Special. I, I mean, yeah. and you know, you kind of miss the days of Pleasure Island where you had all those bars and clubs and all that kind of stuff open. Well, I guess it. I guess what surprised me is the amount of places. I mean, I we could we could put the list of places in the notes or something. I mean, it's a lot. Yeah. Well, you know, because Pleasure Island was kind of its own thing. But Disney tells them to stay open. They're going to stay open, right? Yeah. Yeah. Very true. I uh, figured that if if you guys are in the Orlando area and you check this out, let us know how it is. If it's something you like and success, failure, and maybe uh, maybe Disney listens and they can get your feedback. Going over to some general news. This is for any annual pass holders that we have that listen to our podcast. It's called Super Saturday. It's an event that's been announced. Uh, the second Saturday of each month, annual pass holders will be able to experience exclusive early shopping at a favorite Disney Springs retail location. Uh, the first of these events will take place on Saturday, March 10th at World of Disney. And now for this March 10th event, we do have full uh, bookings for this uh, registration. It is full already for that March 10th event, so it does look like interest is there. Again, it's going to be the second Saturday of each month, so... I'm sure it'll be other stores beyond just the world of Disney. Stay on top of that if you're an annual pass holder and let us know how it is. Now to the news that I think we're going to have a little discussion on. Illumination's rumored to be ending soon. There are some rumors that have circulated that a new nighttime show for Epcot has been on the horizon. Now these rumors have been circulating since like 2014 probably. But it looks like this one may be serious. And it could debut 
before the end of the year. Again, nothing's confirmed so far, but given how quickly Disney kind of kicked ish, uh, kicked wishes to the curb uh, and replaced it with Happily Ever After, I, it wouldn't surprise me if they did something quick here. Well, Illuminations has been around for almost 20 years now. I think it was 99 mm-hmm. that it first came out. And so I think that Disney needs to, maybe maybe they don't need to, but I think that they're really looking to replace this. 20 years is a long time without a refresh. Now, I'm not saying that it's a bad show by any stretch of the imagination. You know, it's 20 years old now. You, you know what scares me the most about it? I'm usually on board for this kind of stuff. I, I actually at one point didn't like Illuminations, then I saw it my most recent trip and loved it. I just, I think Rivers of Light is so bad. And I'm just hoping Disney hasn't lost its creative touch with connecting, you know, to its park guests with the nighttime shows. Yeah, I can see that. That, I mean, that that is a valid concern. I think that Rivers of Light was very, I guess, special effect heavy and not very story heavy. You know, not very story driven. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's, so it's there's like no it's story. A, it's a spectacle kind of without a point. And, and maybe that's the direction that they're going with these. I, I hope not. Uh, I think Illuminations is, is cool, especially if you get the right view and you can see the whole world showcase and how that interacts with what you're watch, what, what you're viewing. Uh, I, I don't, that'd be my only concern that just that, you know, and I kind of the direction of Epcot, you know, it's not like that fairy tale, like Magic Kingdom. Well, I guess that's you know, the other question is, does it, does it become more of that? Do you start to see Disney characters in Epcot, Disney characters in this, you know, whatever this nighttime spectacular is going to be at Epcot? Yeah, I don't know. It's, I think it's an interesting question and it, you know, you're starting to see Disney characters in Epcot. You've got Guardians of the Galaxy coming. You've got Frozen there now. So you're starting mm-hmm. to see that, whereas before it was always separate. You know, they were, there was never any Disney characters there, per se. You know, speaking of uh, speaking of Frozen, aren't the, I think they're going to redo a little bit of the gallery over there in Norway, and it's going to be like a Gods of the Vikings display now. I've heard that, yeah. I think the Stave Church, right, is yeah, where they're yeah, doing it? Yeah, yep. That, uh, I'm sure that you enjoy hearing that. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, Maelstrom's gone. As far as I'm concerned, the Norway Pavilion is gutted already. So whatever, It's dead to you. Whatever, it's dead to me. They might as well keep picking over its bloated carcass. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, that is all I had for the news. Uh, obviously, this illumination is something we'll continue to track. Yeah, and I'm excited to see what they come up with. Hopefully, it <sighs> won't be Rivers of Light. I'm more anxious. I'm more anxious than excited. Yeah, we'll see what happens. So we'll get straight into our main topic for tonight, which, as I said, is going to be some listener questions that have been at or sent in to us. So we'll get right into it. First question, what should I pack for Disney vacation? And I've been asked this by several people. Actually, the gentleman who we were making fun of earlier asked this question before he went on his Disney trip. So let's hit some highlights here. What what are some must-haves for you on a Disney vacation? I'll tell you, my number one is multiple pairs of shoes. Yeah, that is that is one that is probably often overlooked. Uh, and this question came to us from Lisa. So Lisa, when you pack for this vacation, multiple shoes is critical because you're going to do a lot of walking. And I know people have the comfiest shoes in the world. Or these are my favorite shoes. I wear them everywhere. It's nice to change it up a little bit. To me, you avoid the foot pain uh, that you otherwise encounter when you're wearing these same shoes every day. Then if you get a blister from your shoes rubbing you a certain way, changing up your shoes will help you avoid, hopefully your new shoes won't rub in the exact same spot. So 
give you all new blisters. Yeah, <laughs> but, exactly. but going along with that, I'd say some sort of moleskin, some kind of blister protection, because if you do Disney like we do Disney, you're going to be walking 10, 15, 20 miles a day. That, mm-hmm. that does a number on your feet. Man, an- another thing, and this is, I say it's, it maybe it could be seasonal, but I always bring a change of socks. Feet are very important on your Disney vacation, and to his point, I, even if I, it, it can be cold outside, and I still like to change my socks and kind of get a uh, a fresh go at it. Maybe you, you, you know, sound like after. Lieutenant Dan in Forrest Gump. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I agree. It is important. Nothing's worse than wearing tennis shoes, going on Splash Mountain, your feet getting soaked, than having to walk around in soaked socks the rest of the day. Yep. Hey, you know, another thing I, I'm big on bringing, I bring a book bag to take into the park. Some sort of some sort of book bag. Uh, you know, there's a little string ones, there's, you know, typical book bags. And I, I will typically put, you know, a, maybe a bottle, a bottle of water for each person in my group. If it's going to be cold, a sweatshirt, uh, we, we have those little ponchos. backup batteries, ponchos, you know, check the weather, really anything you think you need for the day. You know, we typically bring maybe some ibuprofen or some, we brought heartburn medicine in. And really uh, the only on... disadvantage to having a backpack is that when you enter the park, you have to go through the, the bag check line. Other and it's only that, one, it's only one person. It's only person with the backpack, not the whole group. And, and other than that, they'll pretty much let you take the backpack on most rides. The rides they won't. There's a place for you to leave it. So it's not really that big of a deal having it in the park. No, it's great. And and you know this is something as technology continues to your I guess your vacation at Disney World is very technology dependent. Those backup batteries, those little battery pack chargers, external batteries, whatever you want to call them. I keep those in the book bag too. Those are something you have to take in the park these days with as much as you're working on the app. Absolutely. Anything else? Uh, it isn't something you should pack, but rather what you shouldn't pack. Uh, leave a little room in your bag. You know, if you fly in or uh, specifically if you fly in really, but if you're driving in, if you leave a little room in your bag that you pack, the souvenirs you buy can fit in there and you or, don't have. Or in your case, the bottle of bourbon that you bring with you is gone on the way back. So. <laughs> You've got plenty of room to pack souvenirs, right? <laughs> but yeah, that, that's all for me. All right. And I would just add some sort of painkiller just so you don't have to buy it. Yep. Inevitably, somebody will get a headache. Somebody's feet will hurt, something like that. So you'll need you'll need some kind of painkiller. You know, while we're, while we're sitting here at it, I mean, you, you want to knock, knock it off at the end of the night or you want to get a relaxing beverage, it's much cheaper to bring your stuff from outside than it is to buy it at your Disney resort. It is. You know, if you a glass of wine, maybe keep a bottle of wine in the room, beer, whatever your whatever your uh your drink of choice is. Just don't try to bring it into the parks because yeah. Disney does does tend to frown on that. Absolutely. Okay. Well that wraps that question up. Let's go to the next question. Uh, this comes from Patrick. He asks, Do you recommend working in any of the other parks in Orlando? If so, how would you travel to and from those parks? I've never done this before. Okay, I I have done it twice. Now travel has changed. So let let's um one, let's talk about visiting other parks, then we'll hit the travel piece. Okay. Okay, I if you're if you're going to Orlando and, and you're a, a huge thrill junkie and unlimited funds and you you know, a lot of maybe you're there long enough, yeah, I mean sure. I mean scoot over there to Universal. I mean, scoot over to SeaWorld if you love marine life. If you love theme parks that aren't very good too. Yeah, that's true. I mean it's it's not something I would recommend one way or the other. Me personally, I've been to them both once. That was enough for me. 
I've not, I'm not a huge Harry Potter person. I'm not a, you know, it, they're, they're, the Universal doesn't necessarily draw me. But if you're, if you have interest in those parks, it's your vacation. Of course, I recommend you going over there. Now, is it worth only going to Disney three days or yeah, three days and not the fourth? Probably not. And there's some financial reasons behind that. And I was you know, going to, I was going to touch on that. I, I am a big Harry Potter fan. I, I've looked at trying to sneak over to Universal for a day or two. But as expensive as Disney World tickets are, Universal tickets are just as expensive. The more you stay there, the cheaper on a per day basis they get. So if you only go to Universal for one day, you're going to pay $100 for that one day. Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. Plus, you know, you're going to have to buy the extras. You're going to have to buy the multi-part ticket if you want to do the Hogwarts Express. You're going to have to buy the fat, their fast version of FastPass if you want to ride everything. It adds up really, really quickly. So I think that Without- to me is a separate trip. Yeah, without looking at prices, I mean, I would think, and here's, I guess here's where I'd combat it. I think, Pete, to everything he said is correct. I think you would need to get their version of the Park Hopper. You would need to get their version of the Fast Pass if you're only going for one day. I have heard, read, talked to my friends who've been, if you get that Fast Pass option, there's no reason to spend more than a day and a half total in Universal. Yeah. So that's where, would I do just a Universal trip? Probably not. Uh, but I, I would if I did do Universal and it was one day, I'm just I'm biting the bullet and I'm buying the Fast Pass. I'm buying their version of Park Hopper and I'm knocking it out in one day and going back to Disney. Mm-hmm. And I certainly now, wouldn't sacrifice a day of my Disney trip to do it. Right, I, I would not either. But again, it, it's where your interests fall. You know, if I'm at Disney, if I'm in Orlando ten days, maybe you know maybe I could justify that. Uh, now to your other question, uh, the second part of your question. How would you travel to and from those parks? Obviously, if you drive to Orlando, you could take yourself. Now, what do you deal with there? One, you deal with you're probably coming from out of town, so you got to figure out where you're going, how to get there, and then you're going to pay for parking. I would probably do Uber. I would do Uber too. I agree. It's going to be cheaper than parking, regardless. It it it. I I don't know that all for sure. For sure. I mean, Uber may be a little more expensive, but the hassle of not having to drive yourself anywhere. These people living in Orlando area, knowing how to get to where you want to go, uh, I, that's the route I would go. I would go Uber. I would avoid taxis. And if, if you know the area and want to drive yourself, that's certainly an option. But obviously, no Disney transportation is going to take you there. So it's Uber, taxi, car service, or, or drive or yourself. Drive yourself. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So on to the next question. Yeah, next question was from Katie. And she asks, how long of a trip should we plan for a family of four with two kids? So it depends on how much you love your kids. <laughs> <laughs> now, I think that it depends really on what time of year you're going, first off, because that's going to dictate how long it's going to take you to really experience each park. Yep. I would set aside a minimum of one day for each park, with the exception of maybe Hollywood Studios, and then possibly another day or two on top of that to go back and do things that you may have missed or things that you want to do again. So for me, five day minimum. I'm, I'm pretty much in the same boat as you. A couple of questions that I would have back to Katie. One, how old are the kids and what are their interests? And two, do you want to have a day to do characters? Do you want to have a day where you have three, res- three character reservations, you know, a breakfast, a lunch, and a dinner? Those things cut into your time. Do you want to see Disney Springs? Are you going to have to go back for nap time? Yeah, exactly. I I think all those are are valid questions. I would think at least five days. To Pete's point, that gets you a day in each park. Maybe you you cut Hollywood Studios short, and that's fine. Uh, You can go revisit another park, and then 
that fifth day, you know, say the kids really loved Magic Kingdom, or say, say you're there for Memorial Day and there's this cool character experience at Animal Kingdom and you need to, you know, you need to get over there for it. Those kind of things would be where I would plan. And, and obviously, as we you can see on past podcasts, planning your trip is very important. So, going, uh, I, I guess one more question for: How frequently do you go to Disney? Is is this a a once in a every five year trip? Maybe find a find a way. Maybe you can put a little extra day or two on there because once you hit that four day threshold, it gets much cheaper to do Disney. It does, it does, and and kind of tied in with that, we've got another question that comes from from William, and he asks if we're only going to do one Disney trip in the next five years, when should we go? Do you think he's asking what time of the year or when? Like in the next five years, when should we go? Let's let's do both. So time okay. of year, my favorite time of year is the week before Christmas, leaving on Christmas Day or the day after Christmas. Favorite oh, man, time. I worry about favorite the time of year, hands down. I just worry about the crowds. I don't know how much it's changed, and it's been a long time since I've done that, but the parks were pretty much empty the week before Christmas when we were there. I think a lot of people give their kids Disney trips for Christmas and come the week after Christmas. So I'm going to I'm gonna vary. I'll go first week of December of time of the year or pretty much anything mid-January through all of February. Okay. Now, in the next five years, that's loaded. 20, 2021. I mean, 2021, have, 2022, I think is... Yep, I agree. I think everything at Magic Kingdom is going to be open. I think Epcot Every, expansion is going to be... Complete. Pretty much complete. I think that... I Hollywood mean, Studios. Obviously, Star Wars... Yeah, Hollywood Studios would be a park worth going to again. I would say wait wait three or four years if if you can. Yeah, it, it, that's uh, easier said than done. If you can wait it out, I think... Man, 2021, I'm looking at a calendar right now. 2022 probably because you you want to and I'm assuming this means your next trip can't be for multiple years so you're going to want to hit everything and I would start saving you know I'd start saving to go there for as long as I possibly could but the kind of counter argument to that I guess is we don't know what the crowd levels are going to do once all this other stuff opens we don't know how expensive it's going to be when all this other stuff opens true so if that's a concern Hey, there's no time like the present, right? <laughs> Look at Pete trying to uh, get you down to Disney here in the next few months. But hey, I'm, I'm just saying, crowd levels are not terrible right now, other than the spring break crowds that are getting ready to come up. Right, right. Prices are going to continue to rise. That's always going to happen. So there's a lot to do at Disney World still. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think... Uh, Obviously, if you're going to go this year, wait until after Toy Story Land. I think that's a given. And then if it's if it's not, I'd wait. You know, the next big thing you're waiting for is Galaxy's Edge, and then you can go right after that. I mean, you're going to be fighting crowds, but you know, you're there. Yep. Next uh, next question comes from Rebecca. This is one we've gotten a lot. I personally experienced it this week, just just Saturday, just or, or Friday, Saturday, one of the two, one Friday or Saturday of this weekend. Our good friend experienced this thing. I can't get a fast pass for Flight of Passage. What do I do at Animal Kingdom, or how do I approach my day? Everybody has the same idea. Let's get to the park early. Let's go to Flight of Passage. Let's get on it before the crowds get there. If you're going to get there early enough and you're going to get on it, sure, it works. But if you're if you're 30 minutes late, there's already going to be a 150-minute wait. This one is, if you can't get a Flight of Passage, there's only one answer. You, you get to, to the park yeah. 45 minutes before open. Mm-hmm. And you know some people are like, oh, well, I'm already waiting 45 minutes. Well... If you get there 15 minutes after the park opens, you're going to see that same 45-minute wait at least mm-hmm. at Flight of Passage. 
my advice is obviously you try until the last possible second to get your fast pass. I do not recommend booking a fast pass at 7 p.m. when you're there at park opening. That that's not what I'm saying. Unless you know, it's, I you, mean, would it be worth it though for flight of passage? I don't. But then you you handcuff yourself for the rest of the day. You do, but you but you have that flight of passage fast pass, and you can continually try to improve it. That that that's not. I mean, we we had it, we had it for early in the morning. We were lucky, and I mean, one if we, one one in hands better than two in the bush, right? Better to have the fast pass and guarantee yourself a ride on it than. Yeah, but I mean, it's better to get there early and guarantee yourself guarantee yourself a ride on it. Okay, but that's not an option. We have two small children. We can't get there until until later. Well, all, then you book we can do you book fast passes yeah. for for uh you know kilimanjaro can you do dinosaur i mean i don't know how small the kids are (laughs) you know hypothetically you just grab fast pass for the for the navi river journey i mean that's an easy pretty easy fast pass to come across to get you over there in pandora and skip flight of passage i would never skip flight of passage so you would take the 7 p.m fast pass i guess i guess i'd go on memorial day and deal with these characters that's what i do (laughs) (laughs) no i I think that you're right though i think that the best option is to get there 30 to 45 minutes before the park opens, go straight there when the park opens and and you're on it. And then look at the fast passes. Keep, keep trying until the last minute and even day of, there's always a chance that you could sneak one. Tom, you know, I did. I snuck one day of, you know, got one for later that afternoon. And I'll tell you our, our buddy who just went, he was unable to land a flight of passage fast pass and just got there at park open, rode it pretty early in the morning uh, right when he got off, Navi River Journey was already a ridiculous wait. Because uh, keep in mind, people will go see Flight of Passage and be like, "Oh, ninety minutes there, thirty minutes at you know Navi River Journey." Sure, I'll ride this. This is this and is average. How long? How long would you wait for Navi River Journey? I I, I wouldn't wait. I would. It could be walk on. I wouldn't ride it. <laughs> uh, and so he he was able to to do Flight of Passage without a flight uh, a fast pass. I don't think he waited more than thirty minutes, and then he just went on with his day. You know, he had done it once. If another fast pass popped up, he was cool with it but if not you know he did dinosaur everest kilimanjaro you know everything you want to do there at animal kingdom so okay so that's not an option you can't get a fast pass what else what else at animal kingdom i mean there's plenty to do at animal kingdom still tons you can go to pandora and enjoy pandora even without riding flight of passage yep absolutely pandora's a total experience highly recommend eating at satuli canteen uh for your lunch there you've that's got, the best it, this you've is the best got kilimanjaro safaris and really two different rides if you go in the morning and if you go kind of at sunset yep yeah i mean you've got if you want to ride a, a water ride cali river rapids is a by definition water ride not much to it but uh the shows there are great you know i, I saw i've seen lion king plenty of times i got nemo. talked into going to see nemo and it was it was good it was fantastic you know and it was we grabbed a fast pass had a great seat you know it's we were kind of just doing the grab and go fast pass system and nemo popped up we were over there by it and fiance said hey it's a really good show have you ever seen it and i said no let's go pop in there's a lot of talented uh live musicians as well in animal kingdom that are fun to watch if you haven't seen them that's probably the really the only park that has that almost throughout the entirety of itself mm-hmm. even pandora has their own set of live musicians and we, we watched almost every show there the, if you do have kids dino land can be kind of cool they've got the little carnival style th- feel out there some kids like playing those games and of course you've got what may be the best roller coaster at disney world yeah everest yeah absolutely how could i forget that so there's a there's a lot to do there there's a lot to enjoy about animal kingdom even if you can't get on flight of passage even if you don't want to wait that 200 240 minutes Keep trying. Get there at park open. Really, that's 
That's all I can say. Well, and, and if this makes you feel any better, my opinion differs from our buddies, but he said he wouldn't have waited more than an hour for it now that he's ridden it. You know, he just, it, it didn't necessarily do it for him. Like, I, you know, I felt, and I loved it. And I, I've told you guys I'd wait 120 minutes for sure for it. Mm-hmm. So next question comes from Matthew. He and his wife are looking to run the Princess Half Marathon. I don't know if he's going to run it or if he's like me and he's just going to let his wife run it and he's going to sit in the hotel room. <laughs> when when can you book for the Princess Half Marathon? I really don't know off the top of my head. I, I know that we're trying right now because my wife's going to run it next year. I know you can't book a Disney trip for that time period right now either. I'm sure we will be in a couple of, we will be able to in a couple of months. I think that maybe it's May that signups open for Princess Half Marathon, something like that? It's it's April or May. Right now, if you were to go book a Disney trip on the website alone, you're not going to be able to go past December. They won't let you into 2019. There could be some thoughts there that, I don't know, if 2019 pricing needs to come out or, or how that exactly works. It's funny we got this question because it's something Pete and I were actually talking about the other day mm-hmm. when he was looking to book for his wife and you know, my fiance and I are talking about her running it as well. Uh, so that's one maybe we can get back to you on. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to come back to it once once dates are released and once the sign-up opens. Because I really don't know. Just a little bit more about Princess Half Marathon time. I've been to the park for the Princess Half Marathon before. Obviously, I didn't run it. <laughs> <laughs> but my wife did. And I've I've heard advice from people to stay away from Disney World during half marathons, during the wine and dine, during... Disney Marathon because the parks get so much more crowded and that wasn't really my experience at all there there wasn't really anything that we didn't do during the Princess Half Marathon and we were only there for four days well you know and I had some friends who just ran it because if you guys didn't know the half marathon was last weekend last weekend yep yep last weekend so I had some friends down there who just did it and I'm texting with one of them right now I mean they I was actually gonna ask her about it uh, when, when they could book but she she loved it. They did everything they wanted to do. Did a lot of things at Disney Springs. Saw runners everywhere. Said it was cool the next day in the park because everybody's kind of wearing their uh, medal that mm-hmm. you get for for running it. I I haven't heard of any bad experiences. The only thing I've heard of is parking. You know, parking if you're driving yourself in, parking can be bad. We we stayed at the Caribbean Beach and they had shuttle buses running from the from all the resorts to the to the start line for the actual participants. For the actual participants, correct. Now, so for you to get to the park. We still Did took you have the to regular wait? bus. You took a regular bus, but you had to wait till the buses started running. Well, what we actually did, we actually took one of the shuttle buses to the finish line and met. I was there with another buddy of mine. So we w- met our wives at the finish line and then took a bus straight from the finish line to Hollywood Studios. Your wives were troopers. Oh, they were. They, I mean, we went directly from the finish line to Hollywood Studios. My wife stayed up all day and she had been up. I think, I think they got up about 2 o'clock or 2.30. They had to be there at three thirty. Mm. So long, long day, and and she, you know, and she ran thirteen point one miles. So trooper. Mm. I couldn't even walk that. Unless well, I was that was when there was park. actually stuff at Hollywood Studios. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> well, I, Matthew also had a follow up, and this kind of goes with the theme of what we're talking about. He he asked. Also, we had mentioned staying away from parks with extra magic hours. He just realized he's going to be in Magic Kingdom for extra magic hours. What does he do? Yeah, I mean, you, you treat it like any other day, right? I wouldn't worry about it too much. I I tend to avoid extra magic hours because the park does tend to be a little bit more crowded. But, I mean, is it more crowded to the point of being noticeable or having an impact on your day? Well, I guess it really depends on when you're going to be down there. 
If you're going to be down there spring break, yeah, it's probably going to be have a noticeable effect on your trip. If it's kind of during an off season, no, you're not going to notice it. Yeah, I, you know, we do we do warn you guys to stay away from that. That's our personal preference. Uh, both of us, uh, our opinion of that is to, you know, those parks typically become more crowded because people feel like they're getting that extra free hour. But if if I you know if I have a if you have some sort of a reason, I'm assuming it's a dinner reservation that's keeping you there at this point. I wouldn't change that. I mean, I, I would, to Pete's point, I'd treat it like any other day. You know, use your use the app to your advantage. Familiarize yourself with how the FastPass system works, and I think you'll be fine. I, you know, depending on how big your party is too, as long as it's not something you know crazy big over four or five people, I don't think you'll have any issue getting on the attractions you want to get on. You may feel the crowd levels a little bit when you're actually maneuvering through the park, but you know, I, I don't. I wouldn't change it unless unless you unless you don't have anything special and you can easily swap that Magic Kingdom day. Well, but you're still the fact remains that you're still getting into the park an hour early. So you can definitely do two or three attractions in that hour. Yeah, for sure. We we did before your fast pass starts, right? You know, I I've done extra magic hours twice in my last three trips at Magic Kingdom, at least one of the days that I went. And we did it to start our fast passes at eight AM. And we rode, you know, we had practically knocked out Fantasyland and Space Mountain before mm-hmm. nine thirty. Mm-hmm. You know, we pretty much did everything we wanted to do in those normally crowded areas of the park. Yeah, so. so it's so it's not all bad. Again, you're getting an extra hour in the park. Yeah, it's just I like I also another thing, look at the crowd calculator too. I mean that that uh, that the little crowd judge typically can give you a good feel of what's going on. And I don't think we talk enough about those crowd calendars, how useful they are and and how wrong they can be sometimes too, but for the most part they're they're decently accurate. History I, history does tend to kind of show what the crowd levels at the parks are going to be. But this year's been different, and last year was different too, a little bit. But they're still relatively close, I think. You know, I, and I used it for our trip. I'm sure I've mentioned it in the Tom Does Disney episode, but we didn't go to a single park that had. And I looked at two different crowd calendar sources. We didn't go to a single park that was ever even moderately crowded. And now, did I feel like some parks were crowded at times? Yeah. So maybe they were wrong then, but for the most part, they are spot on. Yeah, and they're again common sense. Don't go during holidays. It's going to be busy. Don't go during school holidays. Don't go during spring break. We've talked about this before in, in you know, when to go to Disney World. And we just talked about it answering a previous question. There's and good times and there's bad times to go to Disney. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. And and if you're there during a holiday, it doesn't matter if you go to a park with extra magic hours or not. The park's going to be crowded. So the last question that just got literally texted to me, another one of our friends is planning a trip. And I responded listen to the next podcast. So we have to throw this question in there. Steven asks, La Cellier at Epcot, is this the best restaurant available? To give some background, hadn't been, he hadn't been to Disney in years. Uh, he is going with a significant other upcoming here, and we've been we've been helping him plan his trip. So I'll throw it to you, Pete, on, totally on the spot. Is La Cellier the best restaurant there, and what would be your second or third ranked restaurant, if you can think on top of your head? I don't know if he's going to be using the dining plan or not. I don't think no it's a dining very, plan. No dining, no dining plan. plan. So paying yep. paying out of pocket. Prices aren't terrible. No dining plan. I'd probably I'd probably stick with Le Cellier. You're going to get good food. You're going to get a good steak. Second, yeah. I, second to that, I really like Monsieur Paul's. I really like the uh, Beer Garden. Now, is the food is is the food as good at Beer Garden? No, but you've got the entertainment there too, and you get to drink huge glasses of beer. I would probably say Le Cellier in. I don't know if there's another one close. Did you guys eat at the Italian restaurant or one of the two Italian restaurants? We did not. We ended up taking Coral Reef instead. Hmm. 
And Coral Reef is very hit or miss. Is it? Well, that's what I've read. You know, it's great for us. And, you know, Boy Meets, Boy Meets uh, World. Well, yeah, Topanga and Corey that, scene. Well, it was a difficult reservation for you guys to get to. Very difficult reservation. Very difficult. Okay, well, well, let's go through what else is good at, at Epcot. Let's, let's start in Future World. You've got Garden Grill. You've got Coral Reef. That's it, right? That's pretty much it. Yep. So... The I don't think to me Garden Grill's not a competitor. Neither of those for me. I think you have to go to the World Showcase. Yep. Okay. So World the, Showcase. Let's. Uh, maybe Tudo. I like Tudo. It's it's good food. I like Via Napoli too, but I don't think either one of those are La Cellier caliber. I think Tudo is probably better than Via Napoli. And as you listeners can tell, we are literally spitballing here. I don't. Neither one of the Mexican restaurants is any good. Nope. What's the China? Nine Dragons? Wouldn't 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 do nine wouldn't dragons. Recommend it. And I can't speak for the restaurants in Morocco for Spice Road or for Restaurant Marrakesh because I've never eaten at either one of those. Now I've heard that they're both incredible. Hmm. And then you've got the Akershus Royal Banquet Hall, which whatever. So if I had to go top three, I would probably put Monsieur Paul up there, Le Cellier, and then for me Beer Garden. I'd go I'd go Le Cellier. I love Italian food, probably Tudo and then Monsieur Paul. Okay. And I, I don't know. It's it's hard for me to say Monsieur Paul or Le Cellier, which one I would put on top. They're both good in different ways. But the the, the soup at Le Cellier is amazing. That steak, too. The steak is good, too. But yeah, that's a tough one. That's I, a think, tough I one. think that gives him somewhere. I think that gives him some operating room. Yeah. Well, good. I mean, yeah. random. Now, I, you know, we didn't talk about the other place in France, Le Hall, where you got your baguette. Oh wow! I, now that that place is uh, maybe not a dinner place. <laughs> not, I mean, it's not a caliber. It's a must stop. <laughs> it is a must stop. No, I, I will never not visit that place. Oh my! Uh, exploring around the world. I didn't want to say just drinking because sometimes I don't drink around the world. Sometimes you don't. New Year, new time. New Year, new time. Yeah. <laughs> All the right, last well, time I didn't drink around the world was when I wasn't twenty one. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. That wraps up our listener questions, and we love hearing from you guys. Please continue to send in your questions. We'll continue to do these episodes. I think it's great that we can, you know, we can offer some real live feedback and and hopefully help you guys out with your trips. That that last question was actual live feedback. There was no <laughs> prep for that question. Well, so let's roll into the trivia and secret of the week. What do we got? Yeah, secret of the night's a really cool one. So we, we would all probably agree that Spaceship Earth is an astonishing structure. But this is one of the most unique things about it. It was designed with a runoff system that prevents water from reaching the ground when it rains. So each panel funnels the water away from the surface into its a, a certain direction. And the water eventually empties into the World Showcase Lagoon. I don't know why I find that so fascinating. Maybe because it's round. What if you can, think about it? You don't. Water doesn't drip off of it. I water mean, you doesn't drip stand, off of it. You can stand directly under it when it's pouring down rain and not get yep. wet. And I don't know yep. why I've never noticed that before. Because you would think. Yeah, that it's, is cool. I, it's it's a really cool secret, and I, I came across it. I, I can't take credit for just knowing that. I have a hidden Magic Walt Disney World book that I often read, and this is one of the cooler ones I found in there. Now we're gonna hit the trivia question from last week, and then go to our two-part trivia question for this week, which I'm excited about. But last week's trivia question: What are the elevators called in the Living Seas of Epcot? Living Seas with Nemo and friends. Yeah, I was gonna say, don't let's not get it in wrong Epcot. two weeks in a row. 
The elevators are called hydrolators. They're not called elevators once inside. They're called the hydrolators. Now, how far how far do you actually go down in the hydrolators? I don't know. I don't think you do at all. I feel like I, I'm I'm talking about the elevators that can take you to the second floor. Like if you can't take the stairs. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about didn't. I guess before Nemo got built, I feel like you took those elevators to get into the seas, the living seas. I think so too. I think they were. I think those were called hydrolators as well. I think they were. And that's that's kind of what I was thinking about. But yeah, you're right. I think once you're in there, they're called hydrolators too. As always, thank you for everyone who participated. We are looking forward to the same and better participation level for this week. So as I mentioned a second ago, we have a two-part answer for this week's trivia question. We're going to be in Peter Pan's flight. When you take off from Peter Pan's flight, you see a scene from Peter Pan where you can see Wendy, her bedroom, her window. Uh, And if you are very observant, you'll notice there are some building blocks near her bed and just under her window. Now, Disney Imagineers love to have fun and add little touches of Disney magic. Can anyone tell me what the building blocks near her bed and the building blocks under her window spell? One hint I'll give you, it is two separate words. They do not spell something together. Uh, It is two separate words that they spell. You can reach us with your with your guess at our email, mendowdw at gmail.com or on our Twitter at mendowdwpodcast. That's it for me. All right. And yeah, you did ride hydrolators down to Seabase Alpha when it was the living seas and there was no descent. Didn't didn't go anywhere. So you went, you, you were doing a little Google search. I was Google doing a little Google search. Apparently there's a urban legend about a woman suing Disney for rapid descent on a hydrolator. Disney brought the judge to... Gosh. The Living Seas ran the elevator with the doors open, and you don't go anywhere. Now, that's an urban legend. I don't think it really happened, but... Isn't that funny? Yeah, she sued Disney for... Apparently sued Disney for the... Her eardrums ruptured due to the rapid descent. Wow. No longer called Seabase Alpha, by the way. Just Seabase now. All right, well, that's all we've got for this week. So please tune in next week for some more Disney magic. Look for us on Twitter at Podcast. If you have any suggestions, questions, or comments, please tweet us or email us at mendowdw at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help us out. Thank you so much for listening and giving us the most valuable thing you have, your time. We'll see you next week.